Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, well, the collective rage currently is focused on WorldCom. Tyco CEO Dennis Kozlowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. It's kind of funny. When you think about it, we are all actors in a way. And I'm not talking some super metaphysical kind of Shakespearean, the world's a stage and we're merely players kind of way. I'm just saying that we all have to act sometimes. Some of us are more talented at it, but every single person has had to put on a production. Maybe you had to laugh at that joke your boss told you that you definitely didn't think was that funny. Or maybe you acted like you definitely heard that thing your partner told you after asking what three times in a row to spare yourself the embarrassment of them thinking that you have the hearing skills of an old dog who clings onto existence after it's already bumping into walls and spending too much time just staring at the ground. Or maybe... (laughs) You became an actor when you had to moan harder because he's been hitting all the wrong parts of the left upper lip area and you still want to finish the last minute of the show that's been on in the background that you've secretly been watching the whole time. Whether it is a good worker, a normal person, or actually sexually aroused, we all (laughs) have had to display ourselves as something we aren't truly feeling at the moment. But some people... Just take this way too far. What if someone loved acting so much that they decided to make their entire life one giant performance? Well, someone did. And I'm not talking about Leo Decap. I'm talking about Zachary Horwitz, the man whose friends knew him as a Hollywood big shot with connections in every studio in L.A., who had starred in big blockbusters alongside some of the biggest names in the business. But underneath the dialogue he delivered... There was a subplot, too. Between the lines were many to pick up on. Zachary Horwitz may not be everything he says he is. Was he living truthfully under imaginary circumstances? No, I think he was more Stella Adler, and he was definitely giving himself a lot of magic ifs. Oh, magic ifs. Hey, look, we both took acting theater classes in college. Can you tell? This is all it's worth. Having a podcast. This is all... No, not even that. Okay? Uh, it, it's it's these, it's these really terrible acting methodology references that we just did. Yeah, that like only if you take acting classes will you understand. Yeah, you want to do a repetition exercise really quick? Oh my god, no, please. Uh, I forgot about those. Oh yeah, that was a solid I need solid to take an acting class. Oh god, yeah. But welcome back everybody to another episode of White Collars, Red Hands. I'm Kashan. I'm Nina. And today we're talking about Zachary... Horwitz, um, who really took the fake it till you make it Hollywood idea to the extreme. Um, and uh, you look him up real quick. Nina. Is he hot? Very. Really? Yeah. Ooh. And he's got like muscles too. He's ripped. I will, I'll give him that. He looked, he looked the part of a leading man. He is a good looking man. So. I tap it. So keep keep that in mind. Uh, I guess he throughout the doesn't. Day, he is hot. I'm sorry, but he doesn't look straight. Uh, I don't all accounts say he was, but I guess you you never know for sure. I think he's hiding it. Uh, he's an actor. Fake you know, it till you make you know, it. Straight men in theater. 
They're always questionable. As one of my uh, co-workers who is gay says, he's got a little sugar in his tank. Oh, man. That makes it not run. That's not good. <laughs> That's true. I do know somebody who poured honey into someone's engine. That's awful. They cheated on their sister. Oh, my God. So what they is put it, uh, honey what? in their engine. Okay, I was about to say, what, what's uh, what's what's the what's her name that does the next time a thing before he cheese? Was it Carrie just, Underwood? It was her. No, it was Kyle. All right, well, if I, as long as she didn't take a Louisville, Louisville slugger to both headlights, and I guess he's fine. No, I don't think he slashed a hole in all four tires either. I don't think so. Uh, but yeah, so Zachary Horwitz. Mm-hmm. Let's get right into it. Uh, Zachary Horwitz or Zachary Avery, as I mentioned, which was the stage name he later adopted was born in 1986 in Berkeley, California, but was raised in the beautiful city of Fort Wayne, Indiana, which I learned is the second most populous city in Indiana. And in I, Indiana. And I've never heard of it in my life. No, I've heard of it. Okay, well, he was from there. You suck at geography, so that makes sense. Yeah, well, you're from the Midwest, all sure. right? You know all the shitty places sure. around here. Um Zach grew up in an upper-class family. His father was actually an executive of a computer parts company, like a computer parts manufacturing company, uh, and Zachary was well-liked by his peers. He was good-looking, as we've mentioned, uh, played on the football team, was nominated for Homecoming King, and even won his high school yearbook superlative for Best Body. I don't think... That's so weird, right? That's so inappropriate. Like, why are they... Like, it's just a bunch of, like, 16 and 17-year-olds that they're printing best body in the yearbook? Yeah, that's so... I don't like that. Yeah. Did... I... We had biggest flirt. We had most attractive. That's terrible, too! It's better than best body. That's just sexualized. Most attractive. I think that's a normal one. We did not have that one. But oh. I went to Christian school. Oh. I was what was yours? Huh? Did you get one? Did I win one? No, I was nominated for smartest, most athletic, and I think the funny one. Mm. I won none of them. Mm. So there we go. I'm a second place guy. That's, nice. what, I, that's what I do. Yeah, hell yeah. I always come second. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What a nice guy. Uh, Zach was also a prominent member of his high school's financial club called the Academy of Finance. Lame. Well, yes. And what a stupid name. Um, which is why after graduating high school in 2005, he attended Indiana University, home of the Hoosiers. Woohoo! Uh, and majored in, you guessed it, psychology. What a choice. Huh? He was just like, man, you know what I really don't want? A job. Um <laughs> Friends say that he had dreams of obtaining a graduate degree in psychology, um, which is the only psychology degree you can get paid with. Uh, but upon graduation, Zach did not pursue another degree. He still had his sight set on business from his Academy of Finance days. Why didn't he? Just, okay, whatever. Why didn't he pursue psychology? I don't know. Right. You're going to find out that this man is a lot like a pancake. He flip-flops. Uh. All right. He's everywhere. You don't know what he wants. He doesn't know what he wants. Uh, but whatever he wants at that moment, oh, he sure is the best at it to himself. Uh, it was also during his college years that you can really start to see his uh, proclivity for just making shit up, which he loved to do. Uh, he would later tell hosts of podcasts that he was a guest on frequently when he uh, made it finally to L.A. 
uh, that originally he had dreams of playing in the NFL, uh, but that his hopes were crushed when he tore his ACL while playing football at Indiana. Now, Zach Horwitz did sustain an injury playing football at Indiana even. Uh, the only issue is that it was intramural football, which uh, you're giving me the look like you don't know what that is. It's Wasn't like, it like it's not like he didn't play for the college team. He like. No, it's like the club that you can like. Yeah, it's just like funsies yeah, it's at like the gym. Flag football and stuff that you can join. And he hurt himself doing that. But every I watched just the intro to a few podcasts because it's all I could get through. But every single time they opened with the story, been like, so you you used to be, you used to be a big football star, but then an injury derailed you, and he's like, yeah, oh yeah, I went to Indiana, I was gonna play football, but then I hurt myself, and they're like, how did you transition into acting from that? He's like, well, and he was literally all the time he'd be like, well, the football mindset's a completely different mind. He played intramural football. Oh my god! Him and a bunch of like. Other weirdos. Like drunk, overweight college kids just like like grabbed onto each other's butts for a little bit out on the fucking quad. I told you he had a little sugar in his tank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Still running just fine, though. Ooh. Uh, so I, I, I don't know how many NFL teams are drafting from the intramural teams on college campuses. Uh, maybe one of them Cleveland Browns teams uh, could have suited up a few Zach Horwitzes back in the day. Don't talk about the dog pound that way. They're terrible. And you don't even like football. (laughs) Get out of here. I knew you were going to have some shit to say just because you're from Ohio. Like people out in Ohio even like the Cleveland Browns. They love them. So, you're a young guy, right? You're full of muscles and dreams and a freshly printed degree in psychology. Where's the first place you go? Well, if you said the north side of Chicago to open up a restaurant, then you'd weirdly be right. What? Because in two, that's what I, I said. He's a pancake. He's flip-flopping. And not one of those fun pancakes with like chocolate chips or like blueberries. Blueberries. Or like the, oh, like the stack pancakes from IHOP. These are boring-ass like whole wheat pancakes that just... Sugar-free syrup? You don't know what they're doing, okay? Um, Zach moved to the north side of Chicago in 2011 and opened up FUEL, spelt pretentiously... All caps and an umlaut, F-U-L, and the U has an umlaut, uh, which was a restaurant that was based in health primarily. It was supposed to offer healthy dishes, yes, okay, Uh, but also was supposed to support a healthy lifestyle in other ways, such as being an early adopter of compostable to-go trays and by selling supplements. Nice. Um, The weirdest offering, though, uh, that Fuel had was the ability to book time with an on-site nutritionist. Weird. So it was like a, I read I read this little like small article that the like Chicago eatery puts out whenever a restaurant opens about it, and they called it quick casual dining, but you could also like get a nutritionist on site. It That's was, weird. It was weird. It was a weird the idea. Nutri- like it all made sense until you said the nutritionist. Well, it's like it's like you're combining a GNC with like a fucking sweet green. Yeah, like that's weird. It's weird. It, it, it's an amalgamation of a bunch of things that he obviously probably has no idea what he's doing either. Right. Okay. Uh, and he obviously couldn't use his own money. He's got a degree in psychology, uh, so he funded the venture by getting friends and family to donate to the business, and he got them. 
to sign on because, or at least partially, because he said that Howard Schultz, a businessman integral to the success of Starbucks, had shown interest in the venture. And he got quite a few of his like high school and college buddies to invest in this restaurant. Um, the restaurant was opened, but the success was short-lived for Zach as only a few months in, the business was shuttered. They made it like three months. And when asked by his friends what happened to the restaurant that they had invested hard-earned money into, Zach stated that his money manager had been involved in a Ponzi scheme and had misappropriated the funds that caused the restaurant to close. Which might be a little bit of a foreshadow. Um, I think that's really weird that he was like, oh, it was a Ponzi scheme. Like, that just... Okay. I mean, he knew all about him from his, from the Academy of Finance. Aha! Uh-huh. Um, which the documentary I watched said on the yearbook page, I guess they, they called it having fun with future finances. Ooh. So what what is a Ponzi scheme except for having fun with future finances? I guess that's true. All right. Uh, Zach, of course, possessed a can-do attitude, however, so he picked himself up by his pretty boy bootstraps and headed on to the next venture. So now, what does a slightly less young guy full of protein powder and creatine do now? If you said move to Los Angeles to try his hand at becoming a famous actor, then you're really weird. But you're once again, you're very right. That's exactly what he did. Uh, now, you might remember from like eight minutes ago, the brief story of Zach's high school life. Uh, you really think that Mr. Best Body was also absolutely lighting up Hamlet's soliloquy on the Probably weekend night? Probably not. No. According to literally everyone that knew him, Zach had never once acted in his life before dropping everything to move to L.A. in 2012. He had not only never acted, he had never even talked about acting to his friends before. Uh, This guy is like me, staring at the full gallon of whole milk in the fridge at 3 a.m., in desperate need of some willpower and self-control. Are you trying to drink gallon? What? You're going to drink the whole milk out of the gallon jug? No, that's what I did. That's gross. Yeah, I needed willpower and self-control. That's the whole point. Why are you drinking milk? I was different. I don't do it anymore. But when I was younger, oh man, I'd go in like 3 a.m. And I'd be like, oh, that milk looks so good. I'd just be chugging milk at 3 a.m. Whole milk, man. I hate this. Yeah, it's disgusting. Just like Zach Horowitz. <laughs> that's the point. Okay? Um, so Zach gets out to the City of Angels, and he is absolutely killing it. Or at least that's what he wants everyone he knows back home to think. So on those uh, podcast spots that he was doing when he first moved to the city. Most of the time he would talk about being an up and coming actor, but he had just talked to some of his high school buddies uh, and told them that he was setting up to appear in the 2014 movie Fury alongside the likes of Brad Pitt and Shia LaBeouf. And he had definitely made it seem like he had at least a supporting role, right? He was like, I just got a really great role in Fury. 
Um, it's going to be a great thing. All these people are in it. But actually, he was just an extra in one scene. Oh, we all know this type of person in the acting world who like gasses themselves up so much and is like, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And it's like, okay, it's cool that you were on the set of Fury. Like, that is cool. Okay, great. But you were like an extra in one scene. Yeah. Uh, I know somebody, I know, I know multiple people who are kind of like this and it's so annoying because it's like, it's cool that you're there, but you're not doing what you're saying you're doing. Also, there's like hundreds of people there. Yeah. So like, who gives a fuck? Right. I don't care that you were standing in the background of the restaurant in the bear. Right. You know, it's okay. Yeah. Cool. You're not like an actor, like with a capital A. No. So calm down. <laughs> right. Uh, in fact, by the way, though, Zach's uh, only acting roles for the first few years was just being an extra. A part which literally, like we said, anyone is qualified for. They don't even do background checks. You show up. You no, yeah. You like sign your name. If, you, if you're there, they'll let you be there. That's yeah, kind of the point. Literally. Uh, and this is the whole time that he is going on these podcasts and discussing what it's like to be an up-and-comer in the industry. And he was booking, like, some of the podcasts seemed to, they had, like, decent production value. I mean, I guess you're in L.A. So, but he's obviously... Are they not, like, checking? Obviously not, because they did the whole backstory of him on the football team and stuff, too. It's like, you could have just Googled. I guess they believe... I guess they would just believe him at face value. Yeah, I guess what what reason do you have to not think that he's telling? Yeah, you why things? would you think he's lying about he, that? He doesn't look like he he played football. Yeah. I guess you know, like whatever. But but no, he would just come on and absolutely lie for as long as he could. Um, and these appear these appearances did boost his name into the conversations of the Hollywood semi elite and opened doors for networking connections. And two of these connections were a set of brothers, Diego and Julio Halavis, that were looking to start a production company. And although Zach didn't really have any idea what he was doing on the acting side, he figured, hey, I might as well jump into production as well. So the three set up a company, one in a million productions. And the first movie they made is The Laughing Man, a The Batman's Joker-inspired fan film where Zach plays the titular character. And okay, I, wa I watched this one in its entirely, and honestly, it's not that bad. <laughs> Was it like a short film? It's a short film. It's like okay. 20 minutes. Um, the cinematography is actually really nice. Like, it's shot well. Uh, I'm not a fucking film nerd or whatever, but it looked fine. Um They do have some questionable stop-motion animation like halfway through that I was like, Huh, that's a choice. Um, but the acting, including Zach's, is not not great. Well, if he's had no training, I wouldn't be surprised about that. He's got a bunch of really gross like prosthetics on his face because he cuts his face off at one point. So I think it's the way they did it. But he just looks like um, he looks like they tried to make him like Richard Nixon. Like he just looked weird. Mm. So, but you know, it's it's a fine. It's got six million views on YouTube. So whatever. Uh, but it's here at the. Uh, the height of his acting career that he makes the move into a different avenue of business that would slowly be his undoing. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Shortly after One in a Million Productions was developed in 2013, Zach Horowitz started another business, One in a Million Capital, that had a pretty basic business model. At this time, Netflix was really starting to take off as an online streaming service that was going that was giving more conventional ways of watching movies a run for their money, as they, at this point, were just transitioning out of being known as a DVD rental service, and streaming was becoming more of a thing. It's not what we think of it today, where it's just the norm. Um, Streaming was getting larger with the addition of HBO into the market as well around this time. And Zach started One Million Capital as a way to buy the distribution rights to movies that were already made in the hopes of reselling these distribution rights to streaming services, which were looking to increase their online portfolios. So basically, he wanted to go out and buy the rights to movies Uh and then, like, coalesce them into one and then approach so you'd be like, hey, I have these 17 and, movies. Yeah, you, you can want, buy them at this wanna, price. Yeah, you want to put these on your streaming service. And what would be someone's incentive for selling him those rights to their movies? Oh, they're going to sell them to someone. So they'll sell, okay. I guess is what it is. Uh, Netflix was still purchasing the rights uh, to a lot of their content at this time uh, because the first Netflix original production was actually released about a year before this in 2012. Fun fact, by the way, uh, I had to look it up because I was like, what was Netflix's first Netflix original? It was a comedy drama, like a crime comedy drama called Lilyhammer. Which I, I don't remember that don't at think all. anyone has ever mentioned. It ran for three seasons. What? Three Three seasons. It was a. It was uh, just. It was a television series. It was yeah. a series. Yeah, that was the first Netflix original that they ever made. Huh. Um, Zach p- told potential investors in One in a Million Capital that he had made multiple deals with Netflix already, and that he was looking to find more movies that he could buy the distribution rights in order to middleman them over to the streaming giants. Um, The movies he said he was buying the rights to were mostly B-tier movies, B and C-tier movies, a lot of bad horror movies, like like Behind the Walls and Coyote Lake. I've never heard of them. Exactly. Nothing that anyone would have ever heard of. And on top of that, uh, he said that the deals weren't for distribution here in the United States but rather primarily to be serviced to Latin American markets in Central and Southern America. Um, 
which is why, you know, you as an investor might not see any of these films pop up on your own Netflix or HBO streaming apps. Good one. Because they're... This that is, just all sounds like a lie. This is, what? What? No. What? It's legitimate. Uh, before approaching investors, he made promotional documents that touted that he had a good track record of doing business with these businesses, uh, partially because of all the connections he had made through the development of his acting career in Los Angeles. These documents that he made claimed he had flipped the distribution rights on 49 different films already without incurring a loss on a single one. He claimed that... This is because these streaming companies were in an era of rapid expansion. They were willing to pay for the rights to these films at a premium, which is how he always made money on every single one. Um, but why would he need investors then? If he's already killing it so much, why does he need all this money? Well, Zach said he didn't have a large enough stream of capital to meet the overwhelming demand of these streaming services. They just need more content. They need more B-horror movies to give to Latin American countries. Hell yeah. All right? And he just doesn't have the money to help fulfill this demand. And that is where he turned to investors, which at first, once again, was his high school and college friends. Well, those friends that already didn't lose all their money in fuel, that is. <laughs> He entered into agreements with investors in the form of promissory notes, which basically is just a simple loan. You give him some money, and on a date specified in the note, he gives you the money back, which is known as the principal, uh, plus interest on top of it. The promissory notes that Horwitz was using usually matured in very short times, however, anywhere between 3 to 24 months, with an average of 6 to 12 months to mature, uh, which Horwitz said was because this was the time that Netflix and HBO took to pay back. That mm -hmm. was the timetable. Uh, Netflix took 12 and HBO... 12 months? Yeah, and HBO took six. That, okay. For payment delivery. So that's uh -huh. that's why he would, get, he would get it back to you then. But for promissory notes, that's really short. Imagine, oh, okay. Imagine a loan that you have to pay back in a year. Mm, that'd be hard. You know, it's like a payday loan. Yeah. Almost. like, Or a payday loan for promissory notes. But so he had to kind of explain it away. Uh, and the interest he was paying on these notes was incredibly high. He told investors that they could expect anywhere from a 35 to 45% ROI, a return on investment on these, um, which is like eight times higher than investing in the stock market on an average year. So he's beating the market by like eight times. Wow. Right? Yeah. Like, and people believed this. His friends and family did. Dum, 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 me, dum, 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 me, dum. Have you? Okay, this is a segue. But have you seen the Book of Mormon episode of South Park? No. They do that in there. They're oh, like, really? They're like, dum da dum 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 whenever it's like this one guy who's going along with everything Joseph Smith is saying. Oh, that's funny. And then when his wife it goes in and she's like, he's lying to you, they go, smart, 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 smart. <laughs> it's very, very highly recommended, uh, but that's what that reminded me of. Uh, and so he's, Zach Horwitz is paying out all this money on top of it, and, and this was on principal investments of anywhere from thirty-five thousand to one point five million dollars, and you're making thirty-five to forty-five percent back on whatever you're putting in. 
So he had this many people investing? Yeah. Damn. He had like two over 200 people investing. And and you might be saying, yeah, this sounded too good to be true. But when the first of the first few investors were rewarded with these high returns and on a consistent basis, word of this lucrative opportunity spread like wildfire. And many investors flocked to Zach by word of mouth because people were saying, like, I actually got the money back. Yeah. Which is how these things all start, right? They go, like, I invest. Like, some people got to win. Yeah. Because then when those people win, they go tell people, like, it's real. I did it. It's like someone going who's winning the lottery and being like, you can do it. You can actually win the lottery. It's like, okay, but why don't we think about the odds about if this is real for a second? Um, And soon, Zach stopped doing business with direct investors, uh, but rather through five investment companies that funneled in money from downstream investors to get these promissory notes, pulled cash together to buy single notes, um, had multiple people investing. Um, and between the years of 2014 to 2019, he raised more than $690 million from these investors. Whoa. $690 million. And he's not making any of these movies. He's not actually doing anything with these movies. Well, we'll get to it. Okay. Uh, and Zach used his portion of the money to spend lavishly, buying a $6 million mansion in the hilariously titled neighborhood of Beverlywood in L.A., um, Spending $700,000 on a celebrity interior designer to furnish that house. And $1.8 million for his American Express card payments. $1.8 million in American Express card payments. Wow, he was a platinum member. They were probably. What's the top one? The black card. Was he that? No. No. There's not many of those. Oh. I think they might even deny its existence. Ah. So, uh... He spent $165,000 on luxury cars, $137,000 on private jet flights. We know how much rich people love private charter jets. They fucking jets. love them. Uh, and also $54,000 on what the SEC indictment called a luxury watch subscription. Which I don't really know what that is, but I assume it is literally a service for rich people that sends them like a new luxury watch every certain amount of months which i hope isn't every month because that would be really wild mm-hmm. and it's also disgusting i can't believe that that exists yeah that's crazy that there are rich people out there that are like yeah it's like a, send it's me a like, new rolex every two months it's like a lingerie subscription but worse those exist mm-hmm. what are you doing to the old lingerie burning it okay However, less than a year after purchasing the house in early 2019, Zach started defaulting on payments for matured promissory notes. He wasn't paying them. It turns out that Horwitz had really been running the business for five whole years completely on lies. Shit. He had never done a deal with Netflix or HBO ever. Um, before or after soliciting money from investors. And that whole time, none of the investors even bothered to check. That's crazy. No one contacted Netflix and be like, Hey guys. Yeah. Or have you heard of Zachary Horrid? And like the internet existed. Like, yeah, just like use a VP. I think, I don't know if VPNs exist around this time, but just like go to like a Latin American VPN and see if they have the movies on there. Yeah. 
I mean, maybe they did have the movies, but some of the movies I was like, you just like found random movies. Oh, yeah. But it is what it is. He was actually running a large but not so elaborate Ponzi scheme. Using the funds given to him by new promissory notes to pay off the principal interest on the old notes while scraping as much off the top for himself as he could. Uh, And when he couldn't make the payments, Horowitz initially blamed his inability to pay the notes on streaming companies that he purportedly did business with, saying that, oh, they were just going through some internal shifts that put a pause on all payments for distribution rights. He told investors he would be suing for non-payment, uh, but would always say that HBO or Netflix had come back to the table with a new agreement at the last minute, uh, just metaphorically kicking the can down the road. Um, in early 2020, uh, the pandemic actually helped him stall on payments even longer, though, because it gave him the perfect scapegoat for why streaming companies might have some turmoil under the hood. Even though I'm sure out of all the businesses that might They would be hits, booming. I've got to say, they... Them you know, and Peloton. Oh, Peloton. Yeah. Oh, their stock. RIP <laughs> anyone who invested in that company. I'm yeah. very sorry. Um But Zach even provided proof of correspondence between himself and these companies to investors, um, which were completely fabricated. He just made them up. Uh, But Zach did use the real names of people that worked at these companies in their roles to sign off on these fake emails and texts. So he did his research, which is crazy. Um, A for effort. In these emails... uh, He claimed that HBO had lucrative deals for him in the future if he just waited for payment now, that there were all these other even bigger deals that they were going to give him in the future um, in an attempt to, I guess, soothe investors with a carrot rather than a stick. Be like, oh, if you guys hold out, though, we're going to make so much. While Zach's business was crumbling, though, this ironically was the best time for his acting career as he had moved on from playing extras and overacting and self-produced comic book fan movies to some real movies, like the 2018 drama about a male dancer called The White Crow, which I don't know if that is supposed to be a ripoff of The Black Swan or... What kind of dancer? Uh, like a stripper? He was a, no, I think he was a male ballet dancer. Yeah, this is totally a ripoff of... Black Swan. And it was about a real guy in like did he World blow? War One or did something. Did he blow a guy? Not that I know of. Because in the Black Swan, Mila Kunis eats out Natalie Portman. Oh. Fun. I think I've seen that clip online. That's the only part that Kashan's seen. It is the only part. It's a good movie. I'm sure. I know you know I don't watch movies. Um and also uh Zach Horowitz got his first starring role ever alongside former G4 host and now baby mama of John Mulaney's child, Olivia Munn, in the poorly reviewed thriller, The Gateway. But unfortunately for Zach, his curtain call was coming soon. Aww. As he could only avoid the ire of his investors for so long, as he still owed $230 million out of the $690 million that was invested. Oh, man. And the FBI were finally tipped off by jilted people who had enough of the excuses that Zach had been dishing for at this point, like... Years. Two years of just, like, not paying. Um, After a semi-brief investigation, the FBI arrested Zach Horwitz 
in 2021, charging him with wire and securities fraud. Damn. He decided to take a plea deal and plead guilty to a single count of federal securities fraud and was sentenced in February of 2022 to 20 years in prison and was ordered to pay back the entirety of the money still owed to investors, $230 million in restitution. And at least as of now, that is where he is. Damn, in jail? Still in prison. Well, it was only a year ago. Yeah, I don't think he'll do the 20 years. Absolutely not. If Leona Helmsley will only do a year. That that was our person last week. I, I just hope that he is less of an asshole when he comes out. No, he's not going to be less of an asshole. I'm about to say, I know he won't be, though. Unless he gets his asshole ripped up. He'll be be more of an asshole then. He'll internalize it. Oh, yeah. He'll be like, oh, my God, I was so hot. They were like, oh, my God, he will. There's going to be fights over him in prison. He's a good-looking guy. Don't drop your soap, Zach. Wow. Uh, I'm just saying. No buttholes exposed. Yeah, keep that thing covered, man. Get that thing, put that thing back where it came from, or so help me. Don't don't use beloved Disney characters <laughs> to talk about about prison sexual assault, please. One rule. Sorry, we just got a rule for the podcast. It's the one that is now one rule. <laughs> uh, Zach Horwitz is just what you think diva actors are like, full of themselves. Having so much self-confidence that they foolishly believe nothing on this earth can touch them. He thought that he could just move to L.A. and become famous with no prior training or even want to act before that. He thought that he could just become rich by employing the same, I guess we can call them, skills he employed in the background of Brad Pitt movies. And more than anything, he thought... He would never get caught living in the house of lies that he had built. But don't take it from me. Take it from the prosecutor who put him in prison, who had this to say after the 20-year sentence was handed out. Defendant Zachary Horwitz portrayed himself as a Hollywood success story. He branded himself as an industry player who, through his company, leveraged his relationships with online streaming platforms like HBO and Netflix to sell them foreign film distribution rights at a steady premium. But as his victims came to learn, Horowitz was not a successful businessman or Hollywood insider. He just played one in real life. So thank you for listening. He was a method actor. Yeah, yeah, he, he was, except for his, uh, his role was asshole. Yeah, and, and he took it. To heart. Oh, he played it to a T. To a T. So that's our episode today on Zach Horwitz, the uh, the the actor. I've got to be the... I'm going to go out on a limb and say biggest Ponzi scheme in Hollywood. Probably. Biggest Ponzi, Ponzi scheme that we in know Hollywood of. history. That, that we know of. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I think we, we, we've done a few a few episodes surrounding Tinseltown. There's a, there's a lot of stuff going on out there. But yeah, Zach Horwitz is definitely the most recent... And I think it's probably one of the biggest Ponzi schemes I've heard of recently, too. Yeah. It's half a billion, more than half a billion dollars. That's mm-hmm. that's a lot. It is. So, and, you know, hey, at least he's finally in, 
He's finally in the news. Mm-hmm. He's finally a big deal, huh? Just the way he wanted. Yeah, exactly. He got everything everything he ever wanted. I'm sure he's loving the press. He's probably going to write a fucking book or something. What an asshole. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening today. Uh, if you like the app and you want to support us, uh, there's a couple of free ways you can do that. Easiest one you can do, just uh, leave a rating. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, there is a five-star rating system. Love a five-star rating. Might as well just give it to us. Huh? It's not going yeah. to hurt you. Just have to just have no. five stars. You can go along with your day and forget you did it. I don't care, but but it would, it would help us out in a big way. So please do that if you haven't already. Uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can write a review as well. If you're more, if you're more a wordsmith and you want to want to get those words out, that's a free way to support us or liking, follow, sharing on whatever your podcast service you listen to. You can also follow our socials, facebook.com slash white collars red hands, Twitter at white collars pod, Instagram at white collars underscore red hands, TikTok. You can catch our TikToks. Hell yeah. White collars red hands. Follow us on there. It's uh, whether you like it or not, it's it's the current future of, <laughs> of social media. So we're on there. You should be too, like our stuff. Um, yeah, like, share, you can comment, also, all the above. DM us on any one of those platforms, too, yeah. and we'll probably respond. You can also, if if you if you want a worse way to communicate with us, but you know, fine if this is if this is your jam. You can also send us an email. Send us an email at whitecollarsredhands at gmail dot com. Uh, you can suggest an episode. We do a fan submitted episode every season, so you can suggest episodes through there, and we uh, might cover your topic. On... We just had someone submit an episode, and we're going to do it next season. Yeah, on season, what season are we on? Is this twelve? It's eleven. I think we're on eleven. We're going to do eleven. Yeah, you could be on twelve. We've been doing this for so long. I forget. We don't even remember. I forget which season it is. Um, what you can also really do to support us, word of mouth. Just tell a friend. It's all, everyone's always asking for podcasts. Uh, not subscriptions. Podcast recommendations. There we go. I found the word for it. You did you know, it. Whatever. You got uh, there. So, you know, give this one as one of those next recommendations. You can also buy our merch. You want to give us some money and you want something to rep. That's also at our website, whitecollarsredhands.com. I love money. You can uh, click the button that says check out our merch and you can buy something there. You can also uh, go down. There's a drop us a line page on there too. You can communicate with us that way if that's your thing. I think without further ado, I can tell Nine is about to pass out. So we're going to. Sorry. We're going to get off. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And we'll see you next week on another episode of White Collars Red Red Hands. Hands.